Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Whatever it means for you in your club, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Oh, I'm thinking, what is this guy doing? Like, <laughs> anyway, welcome to another episode of We'll Talk About That Later, episode 64 to be precise. I am here joined by Mark. Always, come on. Good I'm move also, this week. I'm also joined by uh, the ever annoying Big Tans. One. What do you mean ever annoying? I'm like, I'm nah, cool. just this I'm week, free. just this week, just this week. I had to announce it that way. Sorry. Um, and then, and then, uh, my brother in solace, uh, we are commiserating <laughs> together. It's my, it's my dear friend and, and, and brother in tears, Abdi. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, that's all you need to know. Um, let's get, I'm just gonna, just gonna tell you guys now. It's, uh, it's a very uh, sad day for me. Now I'm I'm hosting today, and, uh, and I'm very. Uh, I don't know if the energy is going to be there. It might appear after our spotlight game, but for right now, um, as I know what's coming, the doom, the doom and gloom is here. So, um, our spotlight game, if you hadn't guessed, is Arsenal versus Tottenham. Who <sighs> <laughs> wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. All right. Uh, go ahead, Abdi. Go. Arsenal are currently 15th, yeah? And we are 15th on merit, yeah? We've earned that 15. It's not it's not a false position. We are 15th place team. Six defeats in 11. 10 goals scored. 20th for chances created. Arsenal Football Club are bottom of the league for chances created. 17th for goals. 18th for shots. It's just embarrassing. And Sunday was no different. Uh, I heard people saying we played well. I heard people saying Arsenal deserve from the game. I'm sorry, but when you put in 54 crosses and the only thing Lloris has got to worry about is if Lacazette's big head is in, in is blocking his view. <laughs> and uh, it's, it was just embarrassment. Xhaka is uh, honestly, uh, for him to say I'm a professional football, footballer is a lie because you have to be professional. 
Um, on the whole, I thought we were so tactically naive. We know exactly mm. what Tottenham's game plan is. We know exactly what Jose Mourinho's game plan is. I feel like Jose Mourinho sort of gone back to the Mourinho that when he came back for his second spell against Chelsea, at uh, Chelsea, he his game plan against all the big teams was sit back, wait for a mistake, win 2-0, and especially against Arsenal. And that's exactly what happened. He waited for the mistakes. He sat back. He, they didn't really create that much. I think they had two shots on target. Well, three shots on target, two goals. Yep. When, when Son got that first chance, and he cut in. We all know what's going to happen. Son is like, he's sort of like Alexis Sanchez in the way that whenever he cuts, he's always going to cut in. And whenever he does, he's always going to bend it into that far corner. Baller, man. And from Arsenal's perspective, I felt, bar maybe Lacazette was okay. I thought he was okay. He, was, he worked really hard and he was sort of like, sort of playing two roles. He had only two, sh- two really shots on target and um, he did create a couple of good chances. I mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, but Hector Bellerin is absolutely... <laughs> what, are you guys, what's my name on this chat right now? What's my name on the Zoom call? I'll let oh the people know. Um, I laugh <laughs> when you come in. I actually laugh when you come in. Um, so Abdi's name is currently Bellerin's pants. Do you know then what? That's exactly he, what I feel about him. He should be called Hector Bellerin because that's literally <laughs> what he is. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, like, literally, you guys, said this, you guys said this last week, this is just a replay, like, repeat of everything, Arsenal fans say the same thing every season, Bellerin, Xhaka, Holding, it's the same people making the same mistakes. It's the same thing as well, and I, I love him, and he's one of our best players, Thomas Partey, but what he did for the second goal was unacceptable. Mm. Man, yeah, just I wanted off to the get pitch, your take on that. I know, he, yeah. I know he's injured. But but you, you, if Xhaka did it, everyone would want to murder him. So we can't have we can't have double standards. That's unacceptable. He's obviously injured, yeah. and I'll test the But he walked off the pitch voluntarily. He didn't drop to the floor. Nothing like that. Didn't like try and fight for the team. But he mm. he, he walked off, and that's unacceptable. I, I think that's um, if you look at it, you could say that that's his welcome to the Premier League. He might have in the La Liga got away with that. Mm. Because teams don't bounce back. Because Arsenal were on the attack when he walked off. Yeah, and yeah. That, that for that for me is like I just said. It's kind of welcoming welcoming him to the Premier League in the sense that anything can happen at any time. You're playing a team like Tottenham, who under Mourinho are simply a really, really, really good counter attacking team. Unbelievable. So he should have had the message instilled in him beforehand that. Uh, the, the counters are a big no go, and to walk off in that precise moment. I, I, I get it to an extent because, like I said, Arsenal, you were on the attack, but it's Premier League and, and mm. you can be attacking one second and defending three seconds later. No, what is this? What is this judge that Tottenham have, man? How the hell can someone score every single time you're passed to one by one person? <laughs> every single time Harry Kane passes to Son is a goal. It's just, it's just uh, every single defence knows that. Oh. They just move out. Of the- and the way Son, when Son got the ball, the way like Bellerin and Hol- just watch Bellerin for that, you will laugh your head off, man. The no, do you know is- what? Do you know what though? I think Holding as well. Like there were so many things wrong with that Son goal. Holding yeah. was backing off. What are you doing? He was scared to get done by Son because he's not got the pace yeah. to keep up with him. But oh. listen, after you were saying at the start that you're currently, you're 15th on merit. And mm-hmm. I said this, I said this, right? I said it, I think about a minute and a half into the game. I said it to some of my mates. I've got a lot of friends who are Arsenal fans. It was one minute and a half. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a misplaced pass that put you under yeah. pressure straight away. 
Oh, yeah, said, no, no, Zaka fouled um, someone clumsily and they mm. had a free kick in the first minute. But I didn't know, there was another one where Rob Holding just gave the ball away needlessly. Yeah. Um, he tried to, uh, the, the pass was on in, to an extent. He tried to get it down the channel and get you on the move quickly. It didn't mm-hmm. pay off. And immediately I said, this guy is not it. I, I think he's, he's a 15th place Exactly, player. exactly. He's a 15th mm. place level player. Xhaka is a Bundesliga player. Um, he, and that says it all to me really he's, he's, he's not a Premier League player he hasn't got the physical ability he's clumsy he's a coward and then the way like ultimately it's Arteta's fault like I love Arteta you lot know I was speaking so much crud about him last season when we won the FA Cup and the beginning of this season I was you know I, you know I was chatting about him as like play, manager of the season but it's mm. 100% down to him because although we have all these rubbish players like Xhaka, Holding, Bellerin, Willian, Lacazette, all these players not good enough, no one forces you to pick them. Like, exactly. Ainsley maybe Lenar is better than Bellerin. Um, David Luiz, even with a, a concussion or brain damage, <laughs> is better than Rob Holding. And the drop-off in terms of footballing ability and playing from the back from when you when you go from uh, David Luiz to Holding is ridiculous. And even defensively, David Luiz is a bad defensive defensive player, but he's better than Holding. Again, another one, Xhaka. No one forces you to play him. El Nene, he's not that good, but he's better than Xhaka. Willian, why is Willian playing? He's awful. Uh, Willian, no, to be playing. fair, Willian has no, a decent Willian game. No, Willian is terrible. No, he did not. He wasn't the worst. No, but he wasn't the worst player on the pitch. But, I mean, but, to be fair, it was, that's not easy. Tanya, I think, I think it depends on what you define as decent. Because well, I know, I to know. me, I I'm watched that to... game and you want William, he, he's got a big show of faith from Arteta. He's starting game after game in the league mm. and he's getting a rest here and there in the Europa League. Decent for me is having some sort of impact on the game but not really <laughs> exactly. stamping your authority. He didn't yeah. do that. He There no. was nothing from him and he looked, I wouldn't say lost because he didn't look lost. He's a, he's a Premier League level player, but he's not the William is clear to see of four or five years ago and it's, he's not even a player that should be starting. No way, but, no, no way. And we gave him a three-year deal as well at 32 and he looks just terrible every time. And he doesn't even, the thing is, Arteta, if he's going to play him because of his work ethic, he doesn't even track back. It's unbelievable. Like, you saw for that goal, he made no effort. Bellerin was the one who went in behind and tried to play into a, a Bamiyang and when Tottenham counted on us being the best counter-attacking team in the league, You'd think your winger, who, who who's meant to drop into position for your right back, who went forward, and he's just there ambling back. And I don't really get why he continually plays. And that's the thing as well. Like we were semi okay in the first half in the fact that we were getting back into this game. It was a decent response to going in behind. But when you could see that goal right on the end of the end of the first half, you literally have no chance against Tottenham. You got two massive centre backs, two massive centre midfielders, mm, two full backs that yeah. don't that don't go forward that much and they're really at the, the Aurier and Regulon are very strong defensively this season and you've got two Brilliant, outstanding yeah. world-class set forwards who can kill you on the counter-attack so when Arsenal are building up you know exactly what's going to happen like the both centre-backs are going to pass it between themselves Xhaka the coward is going to drop deep and keep and won't try and play any passes forward Saka and Tierney pretty much play in the same position Bellerin's going to go up forward, put in a terrible cross, come back and be defensive out of position. Uh, I actually just know Junior's on mute because I know he's not going to talk about Arsenal at all. <laughs> Junior's <laughs> done out of here, babe. He's done. So, so Arteta, I, don't, I don't get what, what Arteta's way of building attack. How are you going to consistently build an attack and try and sustain pressure to get goals when 
the personal wasn't good and the approach is awful. Terrible. And also our best shooter, Abamiang, the best forward we have is completely short on confidence. Like he's he's not shooting. Oh my god. I see it's just it's just a mess. The, the the massive difference for me, which if I was an Arsenal fan, I would be just so disheartened, is that you looked at Tottenham and I just felt like they were up for it. You know, they were up for the North London derby. They were playing for the shirt. And I was looking at some of these Arsenal players and I'm just like, do you even care? Like, do you know what a North London derby means? Yeah. And like, when you mention Aubameyang, look, I'm not going to lie, I'm beginning to think maybe something's happening behind the scenes because I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I saw it pop up on my Instagram. He had a match preview interview. Did you see it? He looks like so disinterested. Like his body language in that interview, like talking about the North London derby saying, yeah, um, you know, we've got to win this game. He's not even looking at the camera at certain points. I don't know, man. It's it's worrying with regards to I Aubameyang. I don't just, know. He's just a guy who's short on confidence. And yeah. Arsenal as a whole, we've created 65 chances, which is bottom of the league in the league. For one of the best centre forwards, not just in the league, in the world, in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net. Mm. For him mm. to be feeding off scraps, having no sh- that he had no shots against. He had one header that went over the bar. No, sh- no shots against no. Tottenham. Yeah, that's unacceptable, and it has to fall down. Like to Junior, I didn't mention, I didn't say it in the group, but I said to Junior, I was like, I'm sort of moving into the camp of not exactly Arteta out, but. Mm. Questioning him severely because yeah. I can't see when the point you get the reason I when I get to that point is when I can't see an improvement and I can't see yeah. where we're going to improve because if you look at everything he's done since he's been there, okay, I, I've heard some people going over the over the top to call him a tapas Pulis. Uh, I'm sorry, but <laughs> Tony Pulis isn't getting anywhere near winning an FA Cup, beating Man City and, and, and Chelsea. So let's not have short memory in that regards, but. Rob Holding playing, Saliba not in the squad. We can't create exactly. a single... You've got a question we it. We can't create a single chance yet Meza Ozil is dropped <clears> for footballing reasons. It's just the same thing we're saying every week and week out and players like Joe Willock and Reese Nelson playing well whenever they get the chance but Willian and, and Lacazette mm. playing as our number 10. It's, it's just completely unacceptable and it's all mm. on Arteta for me because although we don't have the best personnel but no one's forced me to pick them and our approach then- is terrible. Do you not think, though, that you have a better team than last season? No. Like, uh, then you've got Partey, Gabriel. I mean, Saliba, for me, should be playing. Mm-hmm. You know, Saka, Tierney. You know, you don't have terrible... I mean, I don't I think hear, they're the best players, but they're not... I hear what you're, say- I hear what you're saying. They're I not think overall, 15th place worthy. I, I hear what you're saying. The overall, the squad, the squad management has been awful, but yeah. we have better individuals. Which is why yeah. it's even more baffling why Arteta's got it so badly wrong after eleven games. Mm. Six defeats is unbelievable. This is this is relegate. We're we're bottom six team, you know. Arsenal Football Club are bottom six team. And it's mm. not a false position. It's not it's not some freak accident. It's Arsenal are fifteenth on merit. We've earned our fifteenth, you know. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Mm. Right. <laughs> I, I've got a question for you then. Um before because we have to let Tanya revel in the Glory yeah. in the yes. and we haven't but let's let's keep the conversation going but steer it away from the negatives and I know that might be hard at the moment but I'm interested to know and Junior feel free to jump in I know this is hurting you a lot but if you had to say what the positives were at the moment and the things that you can build on moving forward 
what would they be if if anything so i mentioned in the i mentioned the only people that i'm actually if if it were me obviously this is radical but if it were me Maiden Niles, Saliba, Gabriel, yep. Tierney, Saka, um, Aubameyang, Martinelli, and all the young players get rid of everyone else. That's what I would do. But obviously that's impossible. You can't you can't decimate fifty percent of your squad. The mm. only positive this season, the only positive this season is Gabriel and the fact that he settled in so well. Mm. Yeah, we've got Partey, but Partey's injured, and but literally, there's not that many things you could talk about. Um, we and the thing is as well, we can't really blame our form on injuries. Like Liverpool, look at Liverpool. You have virtually 25 members of your team injured, <laughs> and yet you're still up there, and all of your replacements are playing well. So it goes to show that you can play, you can you can play at a decent level even without your best players. We have zero injuries right now, apart from David Luiz, who's just been taken out of the precaution. Everyone is fit. So we can't blame it on people coming back. Only person who's on their way back is Martinelli. But are we going to rely on a 19-year-old forward to mm. save our season? I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, mm. go on, Tanya. Talk about how well Tottenham plays. I just don't know if Junior wants to say anything. <laughs> no, I feel like he, just, he doesn't, man. He looks like <laughs> so upset right now. Um, look, I think... You hit the nail on the head, Abdi. I think Arteta was very naive tactically. Like it's Absolutely. so obvious now what we're gonna do. You know, I feel like I keep saying the same thing every week. But no matter where whether we're at home or away, we let the team dominate the possession, and then we wait for our opportunities on the counter attack. And you know that's exactly what happened. You know, the first half you saw it with Son's goal, absolutely brilliant goal. Honestly, when he took his shot, I thought that's not going in. And then when I saw it going, I was like, wow, like that's probably one of my favourite North London derby goals from a Tottenham player. Like, bar the K one that went round the corner, bent round the, mm-hmm. they bent round the corner. That one for me was up there. But you have to question Arsenal allowing that to happen. You know, holding, bellering, mm-hmm. the whole incident with Partey, that did obviously play a part in it. But you can't deny that that was a brilliant finish from Son. And then obviously the link up with Kane again. Mm-hmm. And then the second goal was the same thing. Same thing. Um, but look, mm. I'll keep it short and sweet because I suppose the focus really is more on Arsenal. But I think I'm really pleased with like how we've performed in these bad, well, not bad, but hard run of games. You know, I said it's a big test coming up against City, Chelsea, Arsenal. I mean, you can still consider them a top six club, maybe not anymore. But, um, you know, to get... To get top 15. You know, Top 15, to, to get yeah. the amount of points that we have, I have to give credit to Mourinho. He's absolutely smashed it every game. Like, he's got it tactically spot on. Mm. The, the only... Cri- I I didn't enjoy the second half, and Jamie Redknapp yeah. and Graham Soonis were talking about this. It is uncomfortable to watch. As a Tottenham fan, you know, scoring two goals in that first half, I want to come out and score more. That's just what I want to see personally. But... The argument that I also have is I've seen the nice football. You know, I've seen Tottenham score amazing goals. I've seen us play, you know, that pretty football under Poch, reach amazing heights, and it's got us nowhere. And Mm. the way we are playing right now, it's not pretty, but we're top of the table. I will bite your hand off if we win a trophy this season playing the way we are. It's as simple as that. So What I would say as well about the... So going in 2 0 up at half time against Arsenal, I think if Spurs came out and attacked that second half and yeah. then conceded two goals, 
it would have been classed True. as a Mourinho disaster Ooh. plus. I think he went in at halftime and thought, yeah. let's wrap this game up right now. And I don't blame him for that because the win yeah. was pretty much there for the taking and all he's done the... is just cement it. Yeah. They're probably but the it was just difficult. The worst, they're probably the worst team in the league to go 2-0 down against because you know mm. what they're about. You know and what we're going to do. Know, like you said, Tanya, you've seen Tottenham playing well. You've seen Tottenham playing well and conceding goals late on. Like You learned your lesson early in the season against Newcastle. You didn't take your chances. You, learned, exactly. you drew one-one. <laughs> the West Ham game is a perfect example. 3-0 yep. up after 82 minutes. So, yeah. And then also you've got guys like, everyone's raving about Hoybier, but I thought Sissoko was fantastic at the weekend as well. Like, he was yeah, really I feel like... Yeah. Under pressure, he was Go fantastic. On. And your two mm. fullbacks were really strong as well. Oh, Aurier, yeah. I, listen, I've been critical of Aurier, yeah. I said that, you know, get him out, he's trash, he's this. But I'm telling you, the guy's a transformer, bruv. Like, he <laughs> has honestly played amazingly under... In these past three mm. games, I've been worried because, you know, I've always said Aurier's a liability. You know, he's mm. one one tackle away from a penalty, a free kick, and he's mm. he's managed to pocket a lot of decent players. Yeah. Like, he's done well. And Reculon, Hoybiev... Oh, I could have given so many man of the matches. Kane, you know, this guy is a centre back. He's a, he's a midfielder. He's a striker. He's everything. Like honestly, I, mm. I was so happy with the performance. And um, yeah, I'm happy to see Arsenal crumble. <laughs> um, just quickly, I've got one. I, I want to ask you. Um, <laughs> what a way to end it! All right. I, I know. I, I can't help myself. A quick, complete sentence for you guys before we move on uh, away from this and uh, our listeners can yeah. hear Junior's voice. Um, but I have a quick, complete sentence for you guys and I'm going to read it out to you now. Since the beginning of October, Arsenal Football Club have had more what than Premier League goals? Oh, I know. <laughs> Southwood? Yeah, correct. No, he's such a clown, man. There's that is an astonishing sentence. There's been 16 foul throws <laughs> in the Premier League altogether and Bellerin is responsible for five of them. You're a fullback. Everyone and their mother knows fullbacks take throws and you cannot do a throw properly. Mm. But and the thing is, he, he only got penalised for one of them. He could he did three or four in that game. Even Why is he not going away? And, and it's not hard. Let's be honest. Why is he, Why not, is he not just, just going away in general? Why is he not going away in general? <laughs> Go away. But Abdi, serious question though, because you said that you're not quite Arteta out, but you're close. What if he loses against Burnley? Because oh, look, then, then... I look, I, I really do sympathise with Arteta because I've said this before. I think he's a really good manager and I, I've made comparisons to Poch. Like, I think he's a really good coach, yeah? But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. the players that we're talking about, you can't sack all of them. Do you know what I mean? Results matter in football, yeah. and the results at the moment. I hear you, but we shouldn't be. Yeah, I hear you, but we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be less chances created than Burnley. We shouldn't be less chances created than Sheffield United, our bottom with no, with one point. It's Arsenal Football Club. I keep I keep going back to that. We are. I know. In terms Arsenal. of like, how many players? How many players have joined Arsenal historically because of the way they play? Who would want to join Arsenal now with the way we play? It's embarrassing. Anyway, let's move on, man. This is yeah. <laughs> I might break something. Come on, Spurs! <laughs> uh, so, um, Martinelli and Saliba start tonight in the under-23s. Um, so, Martinelli coming back from a serious injury. Um, the next game of the week... Uh, 
the first game of the weekend was supposed to be Aston Villa versus Newcastle at St. James Park, but obviously that was postponed due to um, five confirmed corona case, uh, coronavirus cases at, um, I don't know what their training ground is, but at Newcastle's training ground. Uh, so the first game of the weekend was, and I feel like this is like um, kind of um, whenever it comes to like a Burnley game, I'm like, oh man, it's going to be a long one. It was Burnley versus Everton and uh, it ended 1-1 and Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored again. But it was a tale of two goalkeepers that game. Uh, Nick Pope, uh, two English goalkeepers, Nick Pope and... Um, Pickford, who played decently, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. he made, some, made some good saves. And um, yeah, it was, I mean, nothing really much happened in that game other than the, yeah. the saves. Well, um, Pope, Pope uh, made one great save, I saw that. Against James yeah, Rodriguez, did. yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, Gareth Southgate was there, obviously, because his, what looked like his number one and number two were playing. And I just hope he took away the right information from that game because it doesn't seem to be sinking in with him like it is with 99% of the population. Yeah, but Gareth Southgate population. is... Uh, <laughs> Gareth Southgate is... Uh, um, I don't know what they call it. Like uh, He he um, he favourites like, players and then he'll keep using them. Um, yeah. I, like I mean, a waste man. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, no, I was going to say, so. it took us a while for us to move away from Lingard and, and Deli Alli, so... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he needs a, a exit from a tournament before he moves away from Pickford. Oh, just on that game, yeah. Did you see? Did you see the ball that James Rodriguez played in the last minute for Sigurdsson, and then he yeah. shot and yeah, and saved it, with his legs. Yeah. But he put the ball through the Burnley players' legs. That was beautiful. There were three that players. Class. That's how you know you got someone who's class. <laughs> there were three mm. players around Sigurdsson as well. So for him to get the ball to Sigurdsson was was yeah. <laughs> actually uh, should have been back as well. To be fair. 100 yeah, when was the last time Sigurdsson scored <laughs> yeah, couldn't tell you honestly. you're looking you're looking 2018 in my opinion a <laughs> couple of years back um moving on the next you think game will get relegated i no. hope so no i don't think no so. i i think i think it's fulham west brom and the way sheffield, sheffield united. united are going you oh, can't yeah, there's no true. way that you can come on the next the next game that um that that took place in the weekend was um, Man City versus Fulham, and I think everyone kind of expected Man City to win, and they did comfortably. I don't remember Fulham having a shot in that game. Um, easy, really. Easy. That, that, didn't have to get out of stri- second gear. That no. striker, man. That striker, Man City, have is good, aren't they? Isn't he? He's really good, isn't he? Man said, aren't they? Plural. Was he two people? Yeah. Yeah, his, his, name is, his name is Jesus and Perry Perry Chicharito. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it. Um, Robbish. <laughs> Robbish. But man, to be fair, Man City were really wasteful in that game. They had so many chances to make it. It could have been six at one point. Yeah. But... Well, just as well for Fulham that yeah. um, they didn't. Isn't it? It's not that um, I've experienced it much. Obviously, there's been a couple 6-1 at Stoke. It's never nice to concede six or seven goals. Mm. Um, do you do you I don't know yeah because I, I, I watch very little of him in, in France but do you think Ariola is a top keeper that could potentially win points for Fulham because he made some really good saves to keep wow. it to 2-0 um, yeah. but I don't know obviously like I'm not saying he's like 
they they've signed Edison or Allison. They've signed <laughs> a decent keeper, but he he looked pretty good against Man City. No, I, I think it's um I think better than decent. I actually think I've always quite liked Ariola. I just think it's a step up in level than any other keeper Fulham could have got feasibly could have gotten this over the summer. So it's a big win win for them. But I just I I don't think he will be able to kind of save them do that job for them in terms of saving them. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, I'm surprised um, he went to Fulham. I actually, I actually wanted Arsenal to sign him because we got rid of Martinez, in it? So I thought on loan that'd be a perfect guy to either mm-hmm. rival or back up. So Fulham, um, they've done well to be honest. I'm getting it. I, yeah. I feel, I feel like um, the stats really flatter to deceive with Fulham. Um, I feel like they're actually mm. not. I don't want to say decent. They're actually okay. Like they create chances. Like you saw. I don't know if you saw, but it, we saw it in the Leicester game where they won, obviously. Mm-hmm. They are a handful at times. And yeah. um, and they've got... Uh, that centre mid, what's his name, Anguissa, he played very well. He's quite mm-hmm. good. But mm-hmm. He's, he's well, quite look, tidy with his feet. You look at their team and it's creative. You've got Anguissa, um, Loftus-Cheek, Lookman. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. they, they, will, they will... I'm pretty certain when I say they'll get relegated, but... And I, yeah. Again, the next sentence is isn't a nice one, but they'll they'll get relegated in a nice way if that makes sense. And that's not <laughs> that's not like any consolation no, whatsoever. No, it's not. Uh, it's, it's not a consolation at all. Bless your twenty points. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant it in a way that Scott Parker has that because I've watched them a little bit this season. It, it looked like it's getting a bit desperate for them in terms of teams around the fourteenth and thirteenth mark really separating that gap. But they're still trying to play football the right way. That's what I can see. Well, because right now, um, you've got Sheffield United, West Brom, Burnley, Fulham are 17th. And you've got Brighton as well. And although everyone keeps saying, Brighton are playing really well, they're going to get points. They're not. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the bottom line. We're talking about yeah. before the, in our spotlight game that football is a game of results. But that's the bottom line. Brighton are playing well, but they're not winning. So mm-hmm. that's an issue there. Um, so, and Fulham are still in that mix there. They're 17th, obviously, like I just said. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's still a long way to go. And if they Fulham, everyone, like when they got promoted last year, I I thought it was very like uninspiring. Like I I wanted something fresh. That's why I wanted Brentford to come up. Mm. Brentford, they're like a little bit, they're, they're fresh, fresh team. They play good football. Fulham, yeah, but you just know Fulham are just going to go straight back down. Mm, <laughs> it just yeah. seems like a waste of a, a, a promotion spot. So. Is, you kind of, you think most seasons, you, you pretty much think that the three that come up, at least two of them will go down anyway. Yeah. It's usually the case. I was more uninspired with West Brom coming up than Fulham. Mm, yeah. yeah. They came up second, you know. <laughs> what a myth. Uh, moving on uh, to an exciting game that happened... Um, uh, Saturday afternoon it was uh, or evening I don't know uh, West Ham versus Man United oh uh, yeah oh, that's so, a game wait, wait, the definition should... of a game of two halves that is May, I'm telling you wait hold on time out before we get there um, this was the first Premier League game that saw 2,000 mm. fans um, in the stadium for the mm. first time since uh, the pandemic uh kicked off I don't know started what do you guys think what do you guys think of fans and and the cheering with the mask on because it just sounds like this (laughs) it sounds like Harry Kane giving a press 
a, a pet talk, man. <laughs> you wow. had to go there. Um, you didn't have to do that. I really like it, you know. I, I, football without fans is nothing. So I like yeah. having that atmosphere um, when a team is attacking, the roar, the genuine roar, not the the robotic roar that we were having with those fake mm. crowd noises, but like the yeah. genuine reactions to football. Um, I like it. I, I, yeah. I just wish if if in a safe manner we could get more people in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. I, and it actually, didn't sound too note, good at West Ham. Go on. Yeah, mm, yeah. I guess because they're so far away from the pitch, though, you have mm-hmm. to give them that. If it was Upton Park, I think you would have heard. I know it's only yeah. two thousand, but you would have heard them a lot more. I was going to yeah. say on that note, in terms of the safety, it looks like because um, obviously all the Liverpool fans were on the cough, all the Spurs fans were in one end, Chelsea fans were kind of bunched together. It looks like you could just safely open all four stands and have the same kind of thing going in each stand because it's all safely distanced. Yeah. But again, that's the question for the, the people who I make think those decisions. The issue, the issue is as well, like um, having stewards and all that kind yeah. of stuff around the, the game, having the personnel to be there. So I think that's what True. they're trying to work out, the mm. logistics of, of doing that. But I, just quickly as well, and, and we are going to talk about this game, obviously, when it comes up in the order. Um, but then Donker, after the game finished at Anfield on Sunday, said that the 2,000 fans felt like there was 15,000 fans in there. And so wow. I think it's, it's good for the players as well, I think, for sure. And, and yeah, it, it evokes definitely. a better celebration, even though there's only 2,000 uh, fans in Can the stands. Can you say that? Can you say that as like a positive or a negative? Because there's no, no one fans at all. No, a, a positive. He said that the 2,000 people were making so much noise, the Wolves players felt like there was about 15,000 people there. But, uh, there's, but, was, but about... there's no away fans at all, no? No, there's no, f- no away no, fans. No, no, So it's just no. whoever's home. And obviously some some uh, places are still in tier three and even if they're at yeah. home, they'll have no fans. Which is a shame. Gonna, yeah, I was just going to say like, that the fan thing, and I noticed it, I was trying to keep a little bit of an eye out for it. It just looked to me like the ce- the the players who were celebrating their goals were celebrating with more passion, yeah, straight 100%. away, and it was clear for me to see. It's just a it, this last since March has just made me and and us and the people realise we knew it already, but it's backed it up that football is nothing without the fans. One hundred percent, yeah. But back to the game. Uh, so yeah, Adi prefixed it by saying football. This is a great uh, depiction of football as a game of two halves. Uh, let's start with the first half. Uh, West Ham went into the break 1-0 up uh, and they thoroughly deserved it. I feel like they should have been at least two up. Yeah, um, Three! They could have had three. I'm telling you, they were yeah. the much better side. There was Man, so but, good Bowen. Was Bowen really was on fire game? in the first half, yeah. And yeah. Suchek as well was everywhere. Um, yeah. And Rice as well. Rice, I thought, was fantastic throughout the whole game. Mm. Really. I think West Ham's midfield were, were brilliant. In my opinion, yeah, one hundred percent. They were everywhere. Man United didn't have a second to think. Mm. They were just pressed. To be fair, time. West Ham's midfield was good because you know who's at the base of Man United's midfield. But <laughs> that guy, honestly, like I'm not even being rude, but uh, really, he needs, he needs, he needs, he's got delusional confidence and maybe you don't have the ability <laughs> for that, bro. Like you, you can't back up your confidence like that, bro. Like sometimes he tries passes where. I'm like, mate, you're, he, you're not Xabi Alonso, man. You can't do it. You're not Pillow, bro. You can't do them things. At times in the first half, I felt like McTominay was still dizzy from facing Neymar. Yeah, um, man. 100%. He was, he was all over the place. But Man United then brought on their Bruno talent and man. And, well, both, yeah, Bruno and Rash. And the game mm-hmm. won drastically. 
Uh, no, but can we talk about that Haller? Was it Haller? That miss? What? He tripped over himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I was literally like, you waste man, yeah? Because if that was against us now, guarantee the chances they had would have gone in. I was yeah. like, you know what? Bun, bun West Ham, bruv. The chances against you lot did go in. It was 3-3, remember? Yeah, no, but that's what <laughs> anyway, I'm saying. That's what uh, I'm saying. Oh. And then, oh, you're right, Tanya. And then there was another one, Bowen as well. Um, yeah. At the far post. I don't know if you guys remember where oh, he, yeah, yeah, he slid yeah. in and he hit the side netting. Um, but then but a controversial... I have to say, that oh. ha- sorry, 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 Junior. That half an hour from May United, from 60th minute to the end, was fantastic. I was super, super impressed. Ooh. And I don't care... People criticise Bruno all the time, but he is Man United's main man. He is their lifeline. And mm-hmm. he's one of those guys where, like, he may not be, like, he's not he's not as the most talented, I would say. But his input on a game is so impressive that he could get into, yeah. like, 90% of teams in Europe. Because he will, yep. he will have that effect on a team in terms of goals and assists and presence. Like, he came on and had eight chances. He created eight chances. And Man United as nice. a team created seven. So it's just like, Mad. you see what kind of uh, impact he's having on the team right now is super important. But um, the game hinged on... on a, a, oh, a, yeah. Uh, what's it called? I lost my word. Um, on controversial a decision. Controversial decision. Thank you, Abdi. Yeah. That's why there's four of us on here. Um, the game hinged on a controversial decision. Um, in, at, in the like 64th minute or whatever, uh, Dean Henderson... Cleared the ball, mm. and it was along the touchline. And West Ham uh, staff and subs clearly felt that the ball went off the pitch. Anyway, it resulted in Bruno Fernandes um, slipping it through in the middle to Pogba, who finished incredibly Ooh, the corner. That was a finish. a finish, big banger. Um, I. I don't know. Do you? Would you guys? Did you see it properly? What do you guys think? Was it? Off? I can't tell if it, it went out or not. I really couldn't yeah. tell. It's one of them ones. Still, yeah. No, that went out. Hundred. Yeah, it looked like out. it went out to me, but it's impossible for VAR to come to a decision because yeah. they, no, yeah. they don't have like inside cameras like yeah, that. It literally is impossible because they don't have. They're not monitoring that whole line, no. and I, I guess I guess the liner would have been focusing on the game, i.e. watching the line of the players in front of him to make that yeah. offside call. So it's 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 hard one to call. Can't change yeah. the decision now, but I do I'm pretty certain that went out and it's clear yeah. the way the ball bent to me and yeah. where it landed. But Mark, on that point, do you not think then that the fourth official needs to um be yeah. on point at that point? Good question, he, good question. He's standing right next to Ole and uh David Moyes and he should be able yeah, to see but... it goes off. Yeah, but ninety percent, ninety percent of the time, the fourth official is just acting like a referee between two managers. Yeah, so. that, that's yeah, that's. But he also has to watch the game. No, yeah, I mean like true. a personal, like a like a boxing referee kind of. No, I, the two managers fighting. I know, I know, <laughs> but David Moyes and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer are not fighting. Yeah, obviously, and, and it's funny watching um, Moyes. He was so adamant because. He probably thought like that ball came over my head, so it's clearly yeah. over. <laughs> 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 no, I, didn't he say that? He put it to his head. He was like this. He was like yeah. went over my head. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, That was a great finish by Pogba as well. And he great had a finish. And then he was awful in the first half. I think all three goals were were great finishes. Greenwood, yeah. yeah, and then especially Rashford's goal at the end as well. Oh, oh, oh Matters pass. Oh, Matters yeah. pass. 
Oh yeah, Man United. Oh, Man United. Yeah, for all of for all of the for all of the criticism they get for their terrible first halves and some of their players are rubbish and um, Ole and his clueless tactics sometimes and having to make changes all the time. When Man United get in the groove, they play some fantastic football. Like, mm-hmm. like for example, that matter pass and uh, against PSG, which generally that game was fantastic. Man United PSG was a great game, and. Yeah. Um, but but you know when Cavani went through and he chipped in, he hit the bar. Yeah. And then oh, Bruno, yeah. that pass. Oh, Chef's oh, kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> that was not. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> Bro, that was yeah. But Man United generally I thought their 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 responses they gotta get those first halves sorted, man. They can't just mm. continue take forty five minutes off per game. They're getting <laughs> yeah, results though. Yeah, they're getting results. Say, they yeah, but, they can't do that, but just quickly they are, if they win their game in hand on the top yeah. four, they are, I think, two points off of us and Spurs. So they are yeah. quietly, despite getting criticism and some of it justified, some maybe not, they're quietly going about their business. That's that, that's for sure. In the league anyway, because that could all change in the Champions League tonight. I was just going to ask, mm. like, do you think it's sustainable? Uh, nah. Considering, um, so we saw it against Southampton. We saw it, obviously, at the weekend against West Ham. You can't keep going into first halves and getting outplayed and then hoping that your players save you in the second half, um, yeah. it's not sustainable. So, mm. Well, it will be an interesting um, test, let's just say that, on the weekend, because it's the Manchester derby. So it's a bit of a barometer Ooh. as to where each team is at the moment. It'll be an interesting one, that one. But I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my, with my hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take, but that Man City aren't it. And... Um, and I don't think that game is going to tell us much. I've, what I think mm. will tell us much is Man United versus Liverpool. Um, to me, I think Man United will be desperate not to lose that game. Um, yeah. Especially because Liverpool are champions. This is the first they always time. Are. They, yeah, uh, yeah. But this is the first time as Premier League champions, that's Man United true. versus Liverpool. So that's going to be... They, yeah. they don't even need that extra... That, they always turn up for a game against Liverpool, it, no matter what form they're in. I can't say the same about us. We, yes, we've probably beaten them in a better way than they may have beaten us in the last 10 years or so in terms of going to Old Trafford, the 4-1 um, in the same week that we did Real Madrid. That was one of the best weeks, actually, of my Liverpool wow. supporting life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, interesting game that is on Saturday and we, we've digressed yeah. massively. Yeah. Um, okay, the next game is Chelsea versus Leeds um, at Stamford Bridge. Again, 2,000 people in attendance to watch Chelsea win. Uh, a good win against... Oh, um, Chelsea, good... man. They're looking... Sorry, Junior. They're looking dangerous, man. They're looking dangerous. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say uh, uh, a good win against a good Leeds side. But yeah, you're right. They are looking dangerous. Mm-hmm. But... I will say, man, Giroud. Why did you not get rid of Giroud? This guy. Yeah, we, we got Giroud, we got rid of Giroud for Lacazette. That was a great move. No, that no, we didn't. We got rid of Giroud for Aubameyang. Whatever, man. Sure. Go with the point I was making. Why you got to come with facts? Because people are gonna <laughs> come at you later. Junior <laughs> moving like Rafa Benitez. Junior, facts. Junior, facts. Agendas and for the listeners, <laughs> I did facts down here. Agendas up here. Yeah. Agenda, agenda. No, game on that Leeds game. That yeah. ball from Calvin Phillips was sick for Bamford. Oh, Sensational, brilliant! That was Chef's kiss. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea fans were making that noise that Tanya just did. 
every time Lorente touched it, they were doing the Woo! I was like, you know, you just shut up, man. <laughs> Lorente? The, yeah, the centre back, Diego Lorente, he oh, came yeah. on. Yeah. And then every time he touched the ball, the Chelsea fans go, Woo! Woo! like a bunch of pansies. Werner's missed, though. Another big miss for him. He's missing a lot of easy chances, uh, isn't he? Don't get out of this. Don't get out of this started, please. I came oh, in the group, yeah? I came in the group, here yeah, and I said, did you not see this Bundesliga bum miss? Man cleared it off the line from... from, from <laughs> Mate, it was easier for him. He was in the goal and he kicked it out. Bro. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I feel like it just wasn't his day uh, on Saturday. Everything he like Meslier, um I think is going to be a top goalkeeper. Twenty years old, and he's a yeah. Do you brilliant. know what? You're right. He's he's, he's done pretty mm. good. And he he was like uh, Werner's nemesis there. He's like every every mm. time Werner tried anything, Meslier was equal to it. So yeah. I just don't think it was his day. No, and, I and think correct. I think football. I think football is Werner's nemesis. <laughs> 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 no, you're crazy, man. Wow. Abdi, you're moving, you're moving wild, man. Come on. <laughs> but, no, he's a um, good footballer, but he's not a good goal scorer. Go on, go on, Mark. I know you can say something. Do you know what? <laughs> you could say you, last season he was a good goal scorer to give him his his dues. But again, you we know what you're about to say in terms of where <laughs> you got those goals. <laughs> <laughs> so, firstly, I was going to say you got to give a bit of credit to Bielsa for going into his first campaign in the Premier League with a fixed idea that his number one will be a 20-year-old goalkeeper. He must have had a lot of faith in him to kind of go through with that. And faith has been repaid. There's been a few shaky moments here and there, but you get that with keepers no matter the age. Um, And then I can't can't even remember what I was going to chat about because Abdi Abdi went on the the old burner. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's cool. But... And Chelsea, what do you think away from away from the agendas and aside from all of that, how are they looking to you? Do you know what with Chelsea? Yeah, I say they look dangerous, but I still think they need to play the top sides and get better results for me. Because I think they could have beaten us if they really wanted to, but it goes back to what Junior was saying about Lampard. He was a bit cautious in that game. So I think it'll be interesting to see who they how they play against like City. <laughs> How they played Tottenham again, how they play against Liverpool again. But look, don't no mistake, like they look they look quality. They've got so much depth, like it's actually mm-hmm. mad. They got Pulisic, yeah, they got Werner, they got Tammy Abraham, they got Giroud, they got so they got As Aspi was on the bench and they have Reese James who's firing. Kovacic, Kovacic, It's mad. It's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. man. I think Jamie Carragher uh, showed a um like a graphic yesterday on Monday Night Football of uh, he had the starting lineup for Chelsea against Leeds and then he had the players who didn't play and he, and wow. the players who didn't play looked like they could title a uh, challenge for the title in the in the Premier League. Oh They've got goodness. they are just stacked. They, um, they, to, it's probably fair to say that they've got. They're in the top two, top three in terms of even quite rightly maybe put them at number one for in terms yeah. of squad depth. Yeah. Because they've got quality. You take, let's say you take Werner out of that 11, in comes Giroud or in comes Pulisic or you take Ziyech mm. out because now he's injured. Oh, look, yeah. Havertz is back fit. Let's drop Havertz in the 10 instead of trying him in the 8. Uh, you've got you know what I said like they've got, and you've got players you for- in abundance you forgot Callum Hudson-Odoi who could slip in there what? for what it's just Jesus. it's just a lot um, 
And not to mention they've already like they loaned out a few players as well because you got Barkley at Villa and yeah, it's just Loftus Cheek. I think yeah, Loftus Cheek at Fulham. I think it's a big disaster for Chelsea if they don't challenge for the title. Tanya's completely right in saying um, need to see them do more yeah. against the the bigger clubs because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's all well and good you beating Burnley and Leeds and all these teams, but if you're if you're gonna win a, a league title, you need to be beating the teams around you as well. And it's looking like an interesting title race. I mean, Spurs, Liverpool on 24 points, Chelsea on 22. Uh, Man United and Man City have a game in hand. They're on 19 and 18, respectively. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's shaping up mm. to be... And obviously, like I, Leicester are there as well with 21 points. Southampton are there with 20 points. Um, yeah, I it's think very tight. Leicester, um, I think we'll get on to them, but... Yeah, I will get on to them. I have something to say about Leicester, but we'll get on to them. Um, I want to shout out... Um... Couple of Chelsea players. Obviously, we talked about Giroud. Yeah, his four goals in midweek, fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, were really Amazing. classy. Perfect hat trick. He's, he's he's the king of the near post. Like I don't think anyone <laughs> near post finishing better than him. Mm. Uh, and also, I want to talk about Thiago Silva as well. <clears throat> Coming here, yeah, he man, had his horrible first game it. against West Brom, but since then, faultless. Guy has been. I think yeah. they've had so many sheets. Him and Zuma forming a good partnership, um, and I think he's been one of two really good players playing at centre-back this season and the other one will come in to, will come to him in a bit. Stay tuned. Oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. The next game was the first game on Sunday. Uh, West Brom versus Crystal Palace. It ended 5-1. Let me guess, Mate. none of you watched that? <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've been... Um... <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys, I've got, um, I've been looking at Patrick Van Arnholt's Twitter. I don't know if you guys, first of, first of all, have you seen the West Brom red card? Yeah. So no. Patrick Van Arnholt I watched the came game. out and, and said that he thought it was soft, which I'm like, okay, fair enough. But you've just gone on one five one, so it's easy for you to say that. What were your yeah. thoughts on it, Junior? I haven't seen it, I, man. I, what happened is, so for, for for Tanya and for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, there was a coming together and mm. uh, Mateus Pereira is on the ground and you know when players like kind oh, of roll yeah, back yeah. and then they roll forward but their their feet move as well. His feet were together and they moved towards Patrick Van Aanholt right. and the ref gave a yellow card, was told to go on VAR and then came back and sent him off as <sighs> if to say that Mateus Pereira moved his feet towards Van Aanholt with intention of kicking out at him, basically. Um, again, it was watched in slow motion, um, so I don't think <laughs> of course. Was, <clears throat> you mm-hmm. didn't see it in 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 the whole context of of the thing. I just think it was soft because it's rare that you see players kick out with both feet. I don't think mm. I've ever seen that. Listen, that's what I was even in slow motion. Mm. It actually reaffirmed to me that it that's, wasn't a pen, not but, a pen, a red card, uh, a red card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought I thought it was really harsh because. At that point, West Brom <clears throat> were firmly in the game. That's um, a shame, man. And uh, our boy Conor Gallagher scored again. <laughs> hey, um, come on! But then it was it was all about Wilfred Zaha for me uh, after that, and his first goal was it, it was unbelievable. Oh yeah! Oof, what a Cut goal! It in, bend it yeah, into the corner, uh, and then he stole one off Eze. You, <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen it yet. Uh, Eze twines bare man up, gets into the box, 
And then Zaha's waiting on the center circle, mm, uh, mm. not center circle, the uh, the penalty spot. And and then as as a as a backs off because Zaha's running towards the ball and he just pokes it in. And then Zaha runs off to celebrate, and Eze's like, "Man, that was mine!" Yeah. <laughs> and then Zaha turns around and he's like, "He's like, what do you want me to do?" <laughs> um, but uh, Palace really miss Zaha. Um, and having him back is a big plus. Um, oh, back for us next week. Can't wait. And, guys, after a year, last after season, year. he scored one goal. This season, he's doubled that. <laughs> he's got two goals in one game. Christian Benteke is back amongst no, the goals. No, no. Christian <laughs> Benteke is actually a shameless person. How... <laughs> How can you how can you collect your paycheck every week? Yeah, where this is the third year in a row, yeah, where he scored one goal every year. So no, it's two year, now. It's two. It's two now. So he went. He scored. He went a year without scoring. Scored. Then went another year without scoring. Now that's that is embarrassing. Like you have some shame, bro. But he scored. He scored two in one game. Uh, a header, and then the second goal was actually really good. Um, yeah, it was, it was actually it was really really good. Goal. But yeah, um, I feel like it's harsh to to judge West Brom down to ten men. Do you know this is the first time in Crystal Palace's history that they scored five goals away from home in the top flight? Whoa! <laughs> not, not just not just Premier League in history in football That's league crazy. history. So that, that was the first insane. time that they scored five away from uh, away from home. Damn. Um, the next game was Tanya's favorite club, um, Sheffield United versus. Uh, Leicester, home of Abdi's favourite player, Tillemans. Um, and... You see that first goal, Sheffield's goal, yeah? You see Sheffield's first goal? <laughs> <laughs> Who got our muscles? Waste, man. <laughs> Abdi is the home of agendas and agendas Mate. will reign supreme. Um, <laughs> Ayosi Perez back uh, for the first time in it, since his injury and he scored. Did you not see it? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a lot, a lot of tentative nods here. Yeah, I saw bits and bobs, you know. But I didn't see the goal. I, I, I'm, oh, you didn't see the goal, Mark? No, no. I, you know, I tuned in after the goal. What the one thing that I'll take away from that game, and we'll go back into it in more depth, is that Ollie McBurney is a centre back. I don't care. <laughs> the guy is a centre back. He he was doing more in his own box, and I know he. Let's be honest, he scored he scored a goal, and but he was winning more. He had more touches in his own box than he did in the opposition box in terms of coming back for every set piece and practically winning the ball for every single one. This guy just does, doesn't lose a jewel in the air. It's true. Um, but the first half, well, the first like 20 minutes, Leicester dominated. Uh, looked like Sheffield were going to get ripped. Uh, Madison hit the post. Vardy hit the post. Um, Madison was actually running that, that game differently. And then, um, and then Leicester got their goal through Ayosi Perez. Um, I'm actually just watching the highlights now because I actually can't yeah, remember the goal. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember the goal. But um, and and then the thing I think that will will bomb Leicester out is that two minutes after um, they they went up one nil, they. Uh, Sheffield United. They allowed Sheffield United back in the game because Sheffield United had offered absolutely nothing in the game. Was it a set piece by a set piece goal? Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It was a corner. 
And mm. Oli McBurney scored, and Abdi's favourite guy was was Marky. I'm just I'm just watching it again. His attempt to mark him was embarrassing. Yeah, what a useless guy. Um, so the first goal, Ayozi Perez. I mean, it. I feel like the keeper could have done better, Ramsdale. Um, but it's what it is. And then Sheffield United were in the game, but offered very little. And then in the ninetieth, like close to the ninetieth minute, was it ninetieth minute? Yeah, ninetieth yeah. minute. Um, Jamie, um, what's Vardy. his name? No, what's what's the Madison? James Madison ha- played a beautiful ball <laughs> over to Vardy, and then that's it. That's a wrap. When I see Vardy yeah. in positions, I'm like, this yeah, is a wrap. that's it. Mm. And, and no he's one's a, catching he's him. A, he's a Sheffield Wednesday boy as well, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. He, he loves scoring. He did, loves you scoring. Way, did you see the way he he completely destroyed the corner flag? He too framed oh the corner my flag. God, God yes. <laughs> That is a proper scumbag move. Uh, Poor Sheffield United. I'd love to say that I feel sorry for them, but I don't. Sorry. You, you have to feel sorry for the groundsman who has to clean up all of that dirt he made. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't get Sheffield United, you know. Um, I know all jokes aside, mm-hmm. for playing like well last season and, and doing all the stuff they did to being completely clueless and yeah you could say like um second season syndrome on and, and they lost dean henderson and there's they're one of their main center backs for the whole year but fam they look like yeah. a mid-table championship side yeah it's like, mad. they look clueless there's no threat there there's like look they they take off lundstrom they have no creativity. They bring on Lundstrom, who, who does these wild crosses, but it doesn't... They don't... This is another thing that really drives me insane with Sheffield United. Mark just said, Oli McBurney wins every single header. They don't cross the ball. <laughs> don't cross the ball. Yeah. I, don't, but it is, I think it is just second season syndrome. Yeah. They don't I, have I, any real... You've got, they've, they've got two wing-backs who... Whose main priority it seems is, is defensive. So, and then the rest of their team is structured centrally. You got looks like you got three centre mids and two strikers, and no one really out wide at all. Mm. But you say that, Mark, and every time I watch them, uh, Sander Berg is is on the right wing every single time. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's probably told the right centre mid's probably told what that right channel and the left centre mid yeah. probably the same. But, but that's not that's not width. That's just fitting in when you get the chance to move over. That's that's a fair analysis. But if you are filling in there, cross the bloody ball. <laughs> You've got Ollie yeah. McBurney and who's that? Oliver Burke, who's built like a wardrobe. They don't they don't cross the ball at oh, all. Man, I, listen, I feel for Rian Brewster because yeah, uh, <sighs> may maybe the wrong career move for him because he could be playing championship football next season. Yeah, it's long. Um, I I feel I feel bad for him because obviously, like like I said, they don't the players around the strikers don't provide any like support mm. or like yeah, I don't know. It's long for them. Uh, moving on. Mark, take us take us to a happy place, Anfield. Um, back with fans, back with three points, back with four goals. No, no goals conceded. Mm-hmm. Do you know what this felt like? Yeah, over the moon. This felt like a performance um, of a Liverpool team that actually had no injuries. That's what that yeah. felt like. We, we were wow. dominant. I, I was actually going into that game. I was worried than I have been before a lot of games this season because Wolves home or away is always tricky and they were off the back of 
Uh, what what did they do? They beat Arsenal two one. Two one, <laughs> and off the, off the back of a couple of good results and performances. Um, What's sorry, your math, sorry, Junior? <laughs> um, so I, I was actually going into the game. I knew we had a game on our hands, and I mean that kind of was the case. Bar the four goals that we scored, it was a decent game of football. It was just so good to have fans back, and I honestly think that spurred spurred the players on. Yeah, and it, it's just to get those four goals to keep a clean sheet. You got Kelleher now, who's made his Champions League debut and Premier League debut in the same week, and kept a clean sheet in both. You've got Matip and Fabinho moving like Van Dijk and Joe Gomez. It's <laughs> mad. It's just for me. It's so nice to see that. And let's be honest, like Matip isn't the quality of Van Dijk, but he's a quality centre back. So mm. it's for him to step Keller, in and take Keller, on that mantelpiece. Gone. Yeah, with Kelleher, you can clearly see he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. That yeah. there was the save against Ajax in the last minute against Huntelaar, and I know people yeah. might say it was it was right at him, but from that from that range, any save is impressive. Yeah, and then he made one early save from like a cross that was going in, and then oh, what oh, was a save, shot? Yeah. I don't know, but no, it, was it was a, a great save. Yeah, the, the chip. Yeah, yeah. Pudence, yeah, no, yeah, the chip. Yeah, it was so. um, a fun fact about Kelleher is that up until he was fifteen, he was a striker which is why he's so good and comfortable with the ball at his feet. Mm. I don't know if you've watched the two games that he's played for us, but the players have the defensive players have no qualms in, in passing the ball back to him with pace uh, and, and in any moment, under a pressurised moment. And he looks calm and, and composed on the ball, which is one of the main reasons why Adrian had to go, because he didn't offer any sort of inkling of Brain. any uh, break. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's being kind. Like, I, that's actually being kind to say that. Hey, listen, no brains there. for some people, it's hard to run your two brain cells to do stuff, man. <laughs> it's like hard to multitask. Um, but Mark, can I what, ask you quickly, oh. how the hell mm-hmm. do you pronounce that guy's name? It's nonsense, bro. It's like, uh, I, listen, I'm Irish and I'm finding it difficult. It's, it's basically it's spelled in a crazy way, as you've all seen. But it's <laughs> pronounced. It's pronounced. I think it's pronounced Keevan. So Keevan Kelleher. Yeah. An, you, you, you do know there's an M in there. Or yeah. Queeve. Sorry, Queeve. One of the two. I actually, what? You know what? Put, put, me on, put me on the spot next week. I'll have the, I'll have the name for you. Okay. Um, I people calling him Kevin. I was like, no. People <laughs> having a laugh. That's um, just them. Bay English, man. Like, oh, Bay Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but one player that I was really like, I, I, you know, we run out of like superlatives. Um, to talk about Liverpool, oh. but one you see that Tanya, that one's for you. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> one player that I was really impressed with, and I always enjoy watching him. Never really gets talked about a lot in the same vein as the other stars in Liverpool is Wijnaldum. Yeah. Um, and his goal mm. was just brilliant. It was fantastic, and yeah, that's it. I just wanted to highlight him. Yeah, no, he does. He. Abdi, I know you've been a fan of his for a while, and but mm. he just he doesn't get one of the biggest traits as a as a footballer in terms of how you're viewed shouldn't just be the the quality that you produce on the pitch. And yes, that should be one of, if not the biggest parameter in terms of how you judge a player. But being able to step foot on the pitch consistently mm. without niggles, without injuries. It's it, he's kind of a standalone player in that sense because he just keeps playing and playing and playing. You think about all yeah. of the games he's played in the past three seasons. I can't think of a game he's missed this season, barring the League Cup. And I can't think of a game where he's put a foot wrong as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Yeah. The guy is, is Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistent, but he's so much more than that. He's got technique. He can pass the ball. He can shoot. He's a leader. Everything he, he can never, work his way out of tight spaces. He never, he never, exactly. He never ever gets pressed. And, and he never really loses, pre- never loses the ball. Uh, like he's always picking the ball up in in dangerous situations. And he, I've never seen him lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've still got. Earlier on, earlier on, when I said there's another centre back who's playing as well as Thiago Silva, and I have to give credit to Fabinho because he's a holding midfielder and he's moving. He's moving like one of the best centre backs in the league. He's just a like that's how you know someone is a, just a good footballer. And they yeah. can play in multiple positions. Like I remember when he was playing for Monaco, we played against them. He was playing right back. Yeah. And he was yeah. The guy is just, he's just, fan, he's just awesome. And the way he's like, yeah. him and Matip, like, what is that, four games, four clean sheets? Yeah. And you, you, know, you lost your two first centre backs, and now you don't really need to buy one to them. You yeah. might need to in terms of depth. Yeah. It's but... just, if Matip can. If Matt can stay fit is is the key question to where our season goes. Not because it all hinges on him, but it would just simply leave us with Fabino and that's it. And Matt historically isn't too reliable in terms of stepping Injuries. on the foot cons- uh, the pitch yeah. consistently, yeah. Um we'll just, just move I know on. you want to move on, oh. Junior. I know you want to move on. Just one last thing on this that little Sorry, sorry. But Connor Cody and his horrific dive, yeah. He should have been booked. Um, he should have exactly. been booked. I don't know why. I don't know why we've moved away from booking players who dive. Um, and, and the way Henderson reacted, just justifiably, the, is that right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. the way he reacted, uh, like by trying to to to, because he pulled at Connor Cody and was like, like, tell him the truth. And yeah, Conor Cody, Cody went, leave me alone, man. Yeah, it just, <laughs> I know. he wouldn't even look him in the face. I was like, that's such a cowardly moment. I would, yeah, yeah anyway, what, mm. yeah, Liverpool no, listen, won. The, 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 the reaction of the players there yeah. immediately, even before VAR started playing the replays, made me think this actually, at first I thought it was a pen and I thought, for God's sake, Sadio, yeah. why are you trying to bicycle kick? into a challenge because <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what he did he bicycle his challenge was a bicycle kick mm. but he was very he was clever and his football yeah. he got his foot away in the precise away. right moment mm. and he didn't touch him whatsoever so the reaction of the Liverpool players from that moment because they don't react like that usually in terms of shouting at a player like yo we yeah, all just yeah. saw what you did so I knew from that moment cool and then obviously the, the replays reaffirmed that but should have been booked, and and actually, you I think you mentioned it a second ago that that why has it stopped? But it, it hasn't. Players do get booked for diving. I haven't I just seen don't know it. Why it I don't know why on this occasion. I haven't but, seen it I mean, in a while. Yeah, I mean, just to focus away away from that and then back onto the game. Um, yeah, you look at that wall front three of Traore, Podence, and Neto, and you look at our makeshift back five, including the goalkeeper, and yeah, you're worried, but. 4-0, perfect performance. And we've got Fulham on the weekend, but then we've got Spurs on Wednesday next week, which is... Can't wait for that game, you know. I'm actually gearing excited. Gearing up to be a massive game. Yeah, gearing up yeah, to be a big one. Two, it's a big two game. Two good teams in form. Yeah, two yeah, very good teams. Yeah, it's just to um to see how Tottenham go about it, but also Liverpool. It's, it's going to be a fascinating what watch. What do you mean, I, I see how wait. Tottenham go about it? Tottenham are going to play the same way they've been playing. Just no, like, I know. Yeah. I we know, know how that, Tottenham but... are going to play. <laughs> but, and I mean, I'm not saying that's a negative. <laughs> I, I, no, mean, when, I mean, I mean, if we can okay. get a win or a draw, maybe can we I move don't on? Know. 
we're, 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 we digress massively. We have one more game to go and, and we have to... Tanya, you've got to go in five minutes, in four yes, minutes. Yes, I do, I do. So exactly, so let's move on. So uh, the next game and final game of the weekend was Brighton versus Southampton. Um, uh, Gross scored a penalty and then Southampton came back with a Vestergaard and Danny Ng scored his first goal since coming back from injury. Oh my God, um, he's back! I didn't even realise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came, on, he came off the bench, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Southampton, they're fifth, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, just, sorry, Juno, you know, I have to say that that is because of Hassan Hugo. Yep. Honestly, I, I gen- I'm not even just saying this as some sort of, because I have mentioned him as when Klopp eventually retires, I do think his name should be in the hat. But I don't think any other manager would have taken on that squad and had them playing the football that they're playing and, and be in the position in the league that they are. I really don't. Mm. Or not many anyway. So, yeah, props to him, um, but also props to the players on the pitch. Like, Ward Prowse is impressing. Vestergaard's impressing. Obviously, Danny Ings well, is impressing. That was, a, that was a bullet impressing. header. That was a bang oh, he's, he's bagging consistently now in terms of headers. I think he's got three or four this season. So And they need yeah, that from well. him. And especially if you're that tall and, and physically imposing, you should be winning headers and scoring goals. Okay. And moving away now from from that, I have, before Tanya goes, I have a quick question. Um, for all three of you it's a new thing that I'm going to ask you every single week um, I didn't prep you guys because I just want your I want it quick as well I don't want you guys to like dwindle on it or dally on it um, who shirt number not position shirt number who is the best number one in the Premier League shirt number Alison. your opinions Alison yeah yeah Alison Tanya Alison. Cool. Who is the best number two in the league? I, I, I don't know chat numbers. Me, yeah. but I forgot Kali. So you got... <laughs> Man said, I didn't prep you guys. Who's the best number 44? <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> number 44, that's so... <laughs> uh, I would never do that to you guys. I just thought... You know, you'd... I know who Abdi thinks is the best number two in the league. Um, mm. um... <laughs> is he in his I, name? Well, Abdi doesn't. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, it's his name in the in the, in the flipping. Yeah, um, do you know thing. what? Because oh, it's, it's so on the because <laughs> it's so on the spot. I can't think of all the twos in the league, like specific player shirt Fine. numbers. Uh, bring me, bring me it next week. Yeah, best cool. number yeah. two. Oh, uh, we'll do a homework then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do yeah. your homework, uh, and no copying off each other. And then <laughs> just quickly before Tanya goes. Um, the man of the week last week was Ward Prowse, so shouts out to him. Um, Tanya, give us your your man of the week um, nomination before you go. Oh, but it's really biased of me though. But oh, I have just, to go. Just I have to go with Hoybier. I have to. Okay. I just cool. no, do you know think what? he's played brilliantly. It's 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 good because I think so far you've given us Kane and Son a lot of mm. times on a lot of different occasions. So it's a different Spurs player. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's mine anyway. I don't know if you guys have any other Abdi. contenders. Well, I've given Kane about 15 times, so uh, I can't give Kane. I'll give it to... I was going to give it to Bruno Fernandes, but I'll give it to my man, goalkeeper, Calamanella, whatever his name is. <laughs> Ka- oh, yeah. That's Kela. a good shout. We've got to put Arteta down as well. He's got to be in there. Well, Big for of the week, yeah. Mark, who's yours? I think it's time um, for you to leave now. 
<laughs> now mine is um mine's between Fabino and Genie one out but I'm gonna Ooh, give it to Genie. I'm gonna give it to Genie yeah. this week. Yeah. Mm, oh Mark, mm. you took my one. Um I am going to give my man of the week to Oh, we could probably Zaha. Zaha or I was thinking uh, I was thinking of someone from Chelsea, but that's a good shout, Zaha. So mm. so we've got Oh no, I feel I feel like Giroud did deserve a nomination. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. That's if we're not gonna do, if we're not gonna do, if, are you gonna do Giroud? Because yeah, I'll change it to Giroud if you're not. I'll, I'll do Giroud. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, Abdi. That's very aggressive. Five, five, five goals in a week. Them. You have to. Five goals in a week. Yeah. It's to. very aggressive. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, cool. So we'll put that on socials, and you guys can decide um, and stuff. Uh, if I've got other stuff here, but I guess Tanya has to go. Um, so we'll. We'll end it there. Abdi, do you want to do your, your goodbye line? I can't remember what I said, but... No, yeah, wait. Um... No, 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 no. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Yeah, um, I couldn't stay another five minutes or so. Um, so, like we've talked about, Millwall... Uh, Millwall. Fans have been allowed back into the stadiums. Um, and I don't want to just harp on about Millwall because Millwall weren't the only ones. Uh, it happened in mm-hmm. Colchester as well. And apparently it happened at QPR. Um, wow. So fans have been allowed back in the stadium and uh, during the the take the knee that all the players do in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and all that kind of stuff, not specifically the movement movement itself, but more so um, the what it means and what it represents to support black people and against racism and about diversity and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um they booed Millwall fans, Colchester fans, QPR fans. Allegedly, I was I didn't see the thing, but that's what I was reading. Um, the, all... the only one I saw was the Millwall one, and honestly, I'm not generalising with all Millwall fans, but it's no surprise because we know what Millwall fans have been on historically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the the Millwall. Oh, Abdi still speaking? I don't know. <laughs> 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 There's some echo. It doesn't surprise me. Obviously, oh, I mean, oh, I, I should say it doesn't surprise me because, um, you know, boo them. Abdi, your, your internet's moving crazy. No, no, no. Um, sorry. So Millwall posted um something today about it, but the owner of Colchester actually came out and said the game is being talked about because of the ridiculous actions of a few who decided to boo our players whilst they took the knee before kickoff. It is undeniable that black and other ethnic minority people are still the victims of racism and black footballers and staff at Colchester United feel that they are in a position of privilege that they have been fought for through uh, the blood and sweat of their ancestors, a position that in 2020, the average black person is still not afforded. So, And there's a longer statement and he just came out and he just said um, that anyone who still wants to boo now um, after I have explained the purpose and the importance of taking the knee, is not welcome at our club, and I will be very happy to refund anyone uh, for the remaining value of their season ticket if that is the reason they feel they can no longer attend our games. Um, so th- I think that is what we need to see more of. Um, I even think it needs to go one step further into the FA. And I said this, I think it was either me or Abdi said this ages ago. I think. Um, so for for racist incidents like this, teams should be docked points because then I yeah. think it sends 
a message loud and clear that this mm. will not be accepted um and and it, and it, the thing i don't understand is Millwall, colchester and qpr have black players in their team it's it's oh yeah. my god it's crazy it really um, is i don't know but, why they would be booing it i just well i'm trying what, to understand it and i just can't what I i've can't. read is is that they are allegedly they are booing not the gesture of against racism but that they don't mm. agree with the Black Lives Matter movement, which is a terrorist organization. Apparently. Yeah, I think people people are are misinterpreting the whole Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is just a sentiment that any any human yeah. being should really agree with. The movement has whatever some controversy, like the organization BLM. Yeah, they have some controversy behind them. People just get that conflated. How you can go against taking the knee in support of Black Lives Matter is just unbelievable to me. You want football to be anti-racism? You think anti-racism is political? Yeah. Then you should think that racism in football Mm. should be unacceptable. It's just stupid and it doesn't make any sense. And there's no reason trying, there's no no way, there's no point like trying to reason with stupidity, you know, at the end of the day, it's a stupid thing. And, you know, trying to understand it is is pointless because you're just going to be stupid with them. So, yeah. And then we'll we'll just end on a highlight. Um, yesterday, Brighton versus Southampton, and during the kneel, um, the Brighton supporters applauded for the duration of that. Um, mm. and, oh, yeah. So did um, to, to Tottenham fans and Liverpool fans. And, oh, okay. Um, there are a lot out there where where um, yeah. where it was a very good reception, but yeah. as we've just covered, there were. It's the it's the bad ones that really are cute. Yeah. Um, cool. Abdi, do you want to do your little outro thing? Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe to the socials. Thank you for joining us. Be back here next week. And as always, we'll talk about that later. See you later, guys. See you guys. Yeah, Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.